Hi, everyone. We have a very important, exciting conversation today. Once upon a time, I, I was the first time general counsel um, and had many adventures. Uh, today, I talked to another first time general counsel who is also a solo general counsel as well. So a very unique person. I've never personally been the solo general counsel, uh, but I definitely been a first timer. And, and that was very exciting. So I have a very special guest. She is full of insights and uh, she's in a very exciting industry. Um, I'll let her introduce herself and off we go with our questions. Kristen, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Olga. Uh, my name is Kristen Porter. I work at GHSP, which is an electronics supplier in the automotive, appliance, and UVC disinfection industry in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So as Olga mentioned, I'm solo GC. So I'm it. I'm the legal department and I've been here for nearly three years. My favorite thing when I was running a legal department, my department was not that big, was that to say that we're a small army with a large presence. Um, so I, I'm sure it's even more true in your case. We'd love to talk a little bit about the past and what you were doing before you become the general counsel of this company. Um, how did you, wh how, what journey did you take to be where you are today? Well, when I was in law school, I was a bit scattered. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do or where I wanted to go. And real estate kind of interested me. So that's kind of what I pursued right out of law school and was doing uh, complex uh, title examinations for commercial properties. And then the market started to go down in, in 2005 and I found myself looking for another opportunity and was hired at an electronics company, also here in the Grand Rapids area. Um, I kind of thought I had to, I had moved to Michigan. So I, I thought I, well, I'll just, you know, stay here till I pass the bar, but I ended up really loving the people and respecting the company. And so I ended up staying there nearly 14 years. And that was, um, uh, like I said, also an electronics company, very similar technology company to where I am now, but much bigger public company. So um, really, grew up there, I would say, as an attorney and developed all my skills and became a generalist, kind of a jack of all trades. I had an, an opportunity to be at a large company um, and being one of many lawyers to then uh, going uh, to a smaller company where I was on a smaller team and eventually led um, a, also a smaller team. How did you make that decision to, to go? I mean, it's, an, it's a big pivot and it's an important pivot and it's a big lifestyle change. Uh, how did you think about it and why did you do it? Well, the, the previous place I was at, the legal department, when I started, it was two patent lawyers and me. And one of the patent lawyers was leading the group. And so for many, many years, that's the way it was. So my job was so interesting. I did everything. I dabbled in everything. And eventually there was a change in leadership and the department was growing and growing and growing. And so all of the stuff that I was doing started getting narrow, narrower and narrower. And it just was going in a direction that, you know, I, I didn't want to continue. And so that's when I, I started looking around. Um, I actually reached out to a former employee there uh, who's the, the chief technology officer here at my company now and, and just said, hey, if you hear of anything, let me know. And he said, let's have lunch. And it, that's, that's how this opportunity came about. But with you, Kristen, I want to talk about proactively creating the job you want, because that sounds like what you did. Um, you know, it sounds like uh, in your um, practice, you you wanted to make some change and you proactively went about it. What steps you took 
And uh, how did you, how long did it take and, and how did you make a decision to make the transition? Uh, well, I have to admit, I mean, it, it really was this CTO who, when we had lunch, encouraged me to think much bigger than I was even allowing myself to think. Um, I will fully admit I had imposter syndrome. I, I, I didn't even think GC. I wasn't even thinking general counsel. I knew I wanted to make a change. I knew I wanted to be in a smaller environment. I, uh, at the time, GHSP didn't even have in-house counsel. So I didn't even know that would be an opportunity. But when we had lunch, he said, we're actually talking about hiring, you know, someone. And he pushed me. So he said, where do you want to go in your career? And, you know, I was trying to give the the right answer of, well, I don't know, I'm open, you know, and he said, well, he kept pushing, you know, what are your goals? What, where do you see yourself? And that was so good for me because eventually it came out. Yeah, I do want to lead a group. I do. I do want to. So he's the one who kind of pushed me there. And he said, okay, well, we're talking about hiring a general counsel. <laughs> and a lot of times other people see in you what you don't see in yourself. And um, I'm always grateful for that. Yeah, no, it's definitely true. I think, you know, um, sometimes you know yourself well and you know what you want, but other times other people can imagine you in the role before you can even get there. Um, so after that conversation, how long did it take you to really kind of get to, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can, I can lead the department. I can be the general counsel. I can be the it. <laughs> It was a few months. Um, it, it was a journey for sure. I left that conversation and my mind was a bit blown. And it I, I was starting to think about possibilities that I had never really thought of before. And it was really exciting. And um, as the process went on, I, I think it was from that conversation to the time I started was about four months. Um, I had lunch with the CEO and um, just kind of an informal, you know, would this work? Do we click kind of conversation? And um, at the end of the conversation, he said, well, I would want you to have a seat at the table with me. I, I want you there for all strategic decisions. And I was pretty much sold then, you know, <laughs> because that I had never been treated that way. Yeah, isn't it, it's, it's a good feeling when somebody says, I, I see you and I think you will add value. I would love for you to join me. Yep, it, it really was. And, you know, I it helped me find it in myself. I don't want to say that just because I was getting that validation, it it happened. Um, it was a process of me saying, yeah, I have been practicing for, at that time, it was about 18 years. I have been practicing this long. I've done a lot of big stuff. I should be proud of that and, and be able to apply that in a leadership position. Yeah, yeah, no, really cool. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's great to be on a journey, uh, on this journey with supportive people. Um, how long How long have you been in your role now? Uh, about two and a half years, almost three years. And uh, how has that transition been? Like what is surprising? What is expected? Um, how, is it, how is it different than uh, the practice you had before? I think what was most surprising, uh, there are a few things, but really – Going into a company and GHSP is 100 years old. So, I mean, it it's an established company and they've never had in-house counsel before. I was the first one. So dealing with that culture, you had people really excited that you were there. And then I also had people saying, well, why do we even need a lawyer? Um, and 
there was a lot of relationship building that had to happen, a lot of education. And I learned early that you can't tell people how lucky they are to have you. <laughs> you, you have to show them, you have to show them your value. And so every opportunity of interaction that I had was, you know, this is how I can help you. This is how I can take that burden off of your shoulders of worrying about risk. I love this. I, I That's a nugget. That, that's gold, what you just said. You <laughs> cannot tell people how lucky they are to have you. They, they, they need to experience this. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to show them that. Um, it's, it's so true. Um, I'm actually going to pursue this because this, this is so important and so gold. Uh, give, give some examples uh, of, you know, how do you show on a daily basis, especially to people who sort of, you know, there are people who are excited and like, hey, yes, we have a lawyer. We now have help. And as you said, there are people who are like, well, we've 100 years, we've done something right. No lawyer was on premises. We were good. Why now? Um, how do you show value to, to those folks? A lot of it is just very basic, you know, when contracts come up, um, people are very protective of their area and they don't want to show you things because they're afraid you're going to say no or they're afraid that you're going to um, stall the process and, you know, they just want to get it done. And I would just I tried to be very efficient. I tried to really understand what their goals were and phrase it that way that we can meet your goals, but do this. I would take over the kind of difficult conversations that needed to happen over contracts. Um, I would kind of show them that, you know, they put their name on that contract, they're responsible for it. But if they've reviewed it with me, we can share that responsibility, you know, and so kind of mitigating that risk. I think a lot of times, you know, there were things that came up after the fact, contracts that maybe were signed before I started that were blowing up. And I was able to give people some peace because I could help handle that. And I just would kind of take it over and um, allow them, you know, to help me with with the, the substantive, you know, facts that, that went around that situation. But uh, I think they, there was a sense of relief that I could give people in these transactions. Yeah, yeah, uh, very interesting. Yeah, it's 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 a journey, especially for people who have seen something else, right? Mm -hmm. And might might have been in the company for a long time and and think everything is just fine. Um, first, one hundred days, or ninety days, sixty days, one hundred twenty days, whatever number you like. Uh, really, pick your number. But uh, <laughs> you know, just curious, how are you generally thinking? Um, you know, how were you approaching a role, and how you know has that approach changed? Oh, I feel, I feel like I've grown so much since those first hundred days. Um, you know, first few days, kind of intimidated, kind of unsure. Um, my my confidence was pretty low because of just things that had happened in my last position, and and that you know the way that that was going. So um, for me, I approached it that I need I need to build relationships. And I need to understand as much as I can about, about the company. And so I learned everything. Every opportunity was a learning opportunity. So um, the products, we, we have um, high-tech products and I wanted to understand them and what they do. I had conversations about our company culture. I tried to understand we have a parent company and, and their core values and how are those getting lived in, in the current in the company I'm in. Um, it's funny, I even get teased sometimes because I ask so many questions. So if I'm meeting with someone for the first time, even to this day, 
I say, okay, I'm just going to tell you, I ask a lot of questions <laughs> and I'm not interrogating you. I just really, really want to learn. I just, I come with a full disclosure. The questions are coming. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cool. So that really was it really. And the more I knew, the more confidence I gained and the more relationships that deepened. So it, I, I think I, I was really glad to do that. You asked how it compared to now. I'm much more confident now. I, I know what I know. I know where I need help to understand things. Um, you know, once you prove it to yourself, then then that shows. I love it. That's another goal. <laughs> to yourself first. Um, I uh, I think sometimes the toughest critic audience is is the the, the audience of one, which is yourself. The relationship you have with yourself is probably the most important. Um, and 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 that is the person that sometimes have a really impossibly high bar. So convincing that person is super important. I want to move to the part of being the uh, the solo general counsel part. I I actually don't know much about it. Um, I, I had a brief stunt now that I think about it. My very, very first general counsel role have been the general counsel of a nonprofit. And I was the one, the only, and actually the one, the only in the first 100 years, kind of like you, uh, much a smaller operation, but was much more personal to people involved. Um, and, um, and I had to deal with it. Um, for me, it was really challenging. Um, but I'm just curious. Um, as a solo general counsel, what unique challenges you think you're facing? And then maybe how do you approach it? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge is feeling like you're on an island. Uh, I work with some wonderful people and they're all very savvy, um, but no one has that that law degree in that 20 years plus of experience. And so um, it's really important that, and, and you know, this goes to, again to that confidence level, but you have to speak up. You have to, I always, you know, even if it's an unpopular thing to say, um, when we're talking about business strategy, I always make sure that if I need to say something, I say it, but that being on an Island and not having, not having colleagues to just run things by from the legal perspective is, is difficult. So, um, I do have friends that are also GCs. I, I try to keep in touch with them that I can bounce things off, off of them. Um, that's, that's kind of how I stay connected that way. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest. Um, I guess also I have to do more with less. I have to know everything, um, obviously not of the debt and the depths that, you know, a specialist would, but I have to know about intellectual property. I need to understand how patents are prosecuted. I need to understand warranty, product liability, human resources, labor law, regulatory law. And I need to know my limits too, <laughs> so that I can engage outside counsel. But, um, you know, working in, in an automotive, it's been tough. It's been a tough three years. We've had, we had tariffs and then we had COVID and now we have electronic shortages. So always kind of doing more with less and, and just trying to still have that impact, but not all the resources. Those are the biggest challenges. There's so much. Uh, let me see where I want to first to. Let's talk about the island thing. Even being part of a bigger department, you know, because you don't, you know, you don't usually show up as a department, you know, a bigger department usually beats a bigger company and you're still the only lawyer in the room. Uh, so being sort of an island is actually kind of a, a normal thing in law sometimes, right? Whether you're a solo GC, part of a bigger team or, you know, whatever your practice is in-house or outside. Um, you know, I, I also had a stint as a DA, 
um, and there is this, you know, uh, lonely prosecutor thing, uh, right? Um, and I'm definitely familiar with that island um, uh, experience. How do you deal? I mean, it's it's um, psychologically, you know, we're not as humans designed to be the one, the only that stays strong. It's, it's, it, it is a little bit counter to our biology, I think, uh, because I think we are kind of a group creature. We like to conform, we like to follow, we like to be accepted, we, we like to, uh, to, to be acknowledged. Being the only island, right, um, is, is actually I, just, even if nothing happens, if everything goes well, it's it just by itself is a very high pressure environment. What, how do you think about it and, and, and kind of how do you maybe, um, you know, help yourself to, to make it sustainable? So it is a challenge, obviously, being on an island, but there's also benefits to it. I, I have a lot of autonomy in my role and, um, you know, I'm the expert in this area. And so I guess kind of at home and at work, I like to feel needed <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm needed here for sure. So you know, I, I balance that. I balance that autonomy with having, you know, a team, a very um, good executive team that that supports me and, it, you know, is is there for me and I'm there for them. And I think that's really how to counter that island feeling. So even though I, I'm, I don't have other legal professionals around me, um, I have people I can trust and I have people who work with me to get the best solutions that we can and, and help the business grow. One of the things you talked about is sort of extended team of outside counsel, knowing when to ask for help uh, and and uh, really uh, be kind of present for that. Um, how, let's talk about the outside counsel. What role does the outside counsel play in your practice? I consider them almost like my staff because I don't have one. So um, I'm really picky about who I work with. They need to really understand my unique needs as a GC. Um, I am the point person for all legal uh, issues, interactions in the company. So, um, you know, if someone needs to talk to an outside lawyer, they go through me. I, I kind of set those boundaries. Um, but, and then when I'm interacting with, with outside counsel, I'm very clear, you know, this is exactly what I want you to do. These are the limits. I basically do the work myself and then run it by them and say, hey, did I miss anything? Unless it's something so far out of my, my expertise. But um, I really ex also expect outside counsel to challenge me. Um, the only way I'm going to grow uh, as, as the legal provider for this company is when they push back on me and challenge me and, and, and educate me. Ultimately, my goal is if there's an issue that I need to go to outside counsel for, I don't ever want to have to go to them again for that same issue. So I, I want to learn. I want to learn why they did it. And is that the most efficient way it can be done? So I'm, I'm pretty strategic with those relationships. Let's talk about the good things. Let's talk about the rewarding parts of being the, the, the one and only or the, the leader of us, the, the fearless leader of a small army. It's actually a very rewarding experience and it's a very empowering experience. And you alluded to that. What, what are the best parts? Why would anyone consider this you know, seemingly hard task? Uh, well, you're definitely not a cog on the wheel. You are in the middle of it. You are impacting the company just so much that 
from this first day I started, I I knew, I mean, there there was a lot of low hanging fruit, right? That's just easy to, to kind of like getting an NDA in place with, with suppliers. That sounds, you know, basic, but it, what an impact it has. Um, there's, and, and that's, you know, you, I'm just chip, chipping away and chipping away and then you have your big project. So just the, the immediate and big impact, I would say is the, the really the best thing about it. Um, every day I come to work, I'm making change in a good way. Um, I also, you know, I really like having a close relationship with the president or CEO of a company and being part of that strategy team. Um, we do a quarterly think session. Uh, it's usually a day or two where we leave the office and, and really hammer out, um, you know, where we want to be, how we're going to get there. And being part of that process is so energizing. I just love it. And I've never had the opportunity to do that before. So that's been really wonderful. Um, and like I mentioned before with the autonomy, I do enjoy autonomy. I I like determining what my workflow is going to be. I like picking my own priorities and assessing, you know, which projects need to get done first. And um, obviously, and, you know, with, with the executive team and all of that, but ultimately I'm, I'm really deciding the legal direction of the company. Um, and that's all really fun stuff. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, the opportunity to self-realize, which I think is a, an important need for every human. And lawyers are human. I mean, I, I know this <laughs> is really dramatic and, and controversial here, but that's really important. And, and, and having to be able to get up in the morning and know that you have an opportunity to do this every day, I think is very important and really key to career satisfaction and personal happiness. Um, we're coming to the end. I, I have maybe two questions. Uh, one question um, around strategic planning. You know, you have a department of one, you know, so, uh, to some extent, it's an easy conversation. It's a conversation with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to some extent, it's a harder conversation because, you know, you're serving 1,200 people and you need to be aligned. So how does the department of one do that? Uh, well, first, again, it's being mindful and, and being able to compartmentalize a little bit. You have to schedule time in to do that that strategy work. And um, I, I I kind of do it on my own first. Where do I want this to go? Where do I think the company needs it to go? And then I interview my executive team. And, and there, it, you always get insight that kind of blows your mind that, you know, the supply chain, the supply chain team thinks I need you know, to, to do more in this area. And, and I love it. I love getting that kind of feedback. So um, I always engage with other people, but yeah, I, it, it's, the, I think that's one of the, the, the hardest things when you're the only one is the tactical piece and the, the strategy piece, because you still have to get all the stuff done that, that needs to get done. And then to get out of the weeds and think strategically is difficult. And it's a challenge. We have our executive meetings every Tuesday and it's a, it's a challenge to get out of the weeds sometimes and stay out of the weeds for those meetings. Cause um, I'm so every other day I'm really in it. So I, I need to make specific time to actually work on that stuff. Yeah. I'm actually with you on that. It's, um, it's actually, I found it very tough. You know, I, I can be highly strategic and I can be highly tactical. It is very challenging to combine these two different people in one Olga. It just, it is a, maybe not quite a conflict of interest, but it definitely, um, you know, a polarizing approach to life and daily existence and, 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 and finding a way for those two Olgas to exist in one body is, has been a challenge for me too. 
in in number of roles where you know I, I I had on the one hand leadership position and the other hand was actually helping to move the boulder forward, um, and 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 it's tough. Uh, Kristen, really uh, enlightening conversation. I thoroughly enjoy talking to you. Would love for you to share sort of. Um, insights as a, um, you know, for others, let's just say solo general counsel or general counsel who are leading the fearless army of, 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 of very small, but with a large impact. What are sort of things that you recommend or they should take away from this conversation to maybe their, make their job a little bit more rewarding, exciting and, and impactful? Um, I have a few things I can think of. The first thing definitely is to network. And I know networking is really hard for some people and sometimes it's awkward, but any chance you get to meet other people in your similar role. So for me, either a GC of small groups or solos, I um, just can't recommend it enough that it's so helpful to be able to just kind of bounce things off of others. And um, I think, like I said about this, the strategy work, as a general counsel, you're leader. You're a leader of the company. I mean, you you have influence, and it's doing that strategy work is so important. And setting that time that we talked about, setting that aside, and, and being able to focus on that, even though you have so many things pulling at you, and you know that I say I'm urgent, I need to get done. You still need to do it, and it it will make you better. Um, and then finally, it's that internal work of like we said in the very beginning, owning it and knowing that you deserve to be in that role. You have the expertise and building your confidence um, and the more confidence and, um, you know, self-assuredness that you can show them, the more respect you're going to command. I mean, it, it just kind of goes hand in hand and your role will be easier and you'll be more effective and it'll be that much more rewarding. Thank you so much. I, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for yeah. being brave. And the, the networking part is true. I mean, Kristen and I have recently met. Um, and right. and here we are talking and sharing uh, her expertise. Um, I, I highly encourage folks to, to do the same. Uh, you'll be amazed at how much help and encouragement and and support you will get in other parts. As you know, I interview a lot of folks in-house, a lot of leaders. I, I think when you're in-house lawyer, whether you have the title of general counsel or not, you are a leader. Um, I interview quite a few of them. If you have recommendations, including if you want to nominate yourself to have a conversation like this, if there's parts of your practice that you would think others could benefit from or learn from, let me know, directly message me and let's talk. Let's bring these conversations to everyone to make sure that we can share the learning experiences and grow together. Um, as you may also know, it's one of my favorite things to do to profile and amplify in-house leaders who actually have not been really amplified before. Uh, I, I do think that this community of in-house legal professionals is much wider and deeper than legal media has been able to show in the past. And I'm on this mission, I have been on this mission for quite a while to amplify uh, the talent and diversity and the just humanity of the in-house community. So definitely if you have recommendation for yourself or others to be on this conversation of notes to my legal self on a LinkedIn Live, definitely let me know. And with that in mind, thank you so much for joining. Uh, have a safe, enjoyable rest of your day. 
and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much, everyone. Bye.